Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sneakers and Pleats. Sneakers and Pleats. Sneakers and Cleats podcast. <laughs> Episode 7 here. Say. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's, it's we're only 10 seconds in. I've already messed up once. So uh, they, they call this the dead period of sports. So we're going to be jumping around quite a bit today. We got a... Big 12 Media Day, second half of Major League Baseball season starting tomorrow. So Chuck and I are going to jump into that. He loves he loves him some baseball. So, uh, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> got some NFL training camps later this month and a lot more. So quick reminder, you can download, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube once it's posted there. Thank you for the support. It's just Chuck and I today. So uh, more than enough, as always. Let's hope so. I guess we'll know <laughs> at the end of this ride. Like, man, we could have used another voice in there. Yeah, I know. If 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 we need uh, someone else, we'll just run downstairs and yell at Don to come up there here. There you go. So uh, before we get to sports, Don, or, uh, Chuck, did you see the uh, real cheeseburger from Burger King? So I think I did. Is that the one with just the Je- multi layers of cheese that's stacked about five inches tall. Yeah, I did see that. And is there anything more disgusting than that? N- uh, it's hard to imagine that there <laughs> anything that is. But you know, it's fascinating. Everybody was talking about, oh, look at the calories and all that. And all I kept thinking was, man, can you imagine something like that built obviously in a chemistry lab? I mean, what are you putting into your body when it's you a- eat that? And it's American cheese too. It's just like it's just all gross. Uh, can you imagine eating? No. No, nope, a burger. I, I like. I love me a grilled cheese. I will kill a grilled cheese. That's much. A little bit much. It's a little bit much in so many ways. Like, why don't you just get some nacho cheese and just dip a bun in there at that point? You could. But that begs the question: what What do you like on your burger, Chuck? Pretty much everything but cheese. <laughs> if I'm being honest. So that so, burger is horrible for you. Yes, <laughs> I, I like pretty much everything. You know, it's always. You know, as I've gotten older, I like putting peppers on there and all kinds of stuff that, you know, destroyed all my taste buds over the years. So I need something to amp things up. What's your favorite burger place here in town? Oh man, you know I don't eat as many hamburgers as I used to, but you know it's hard to find a bad one. You know when you get right down to it, Chester's is solid. Chester's is good. Uh, but you know, there's there's plenty around town. Certainly, you don't have far to look if you want to find a hamburger joint in this town. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take some mushrooms, some bacon, and uh, Swiss cheese on my burger. Okay, give me that all day, nice. twice on Sunday. Sounds so, good, minus the mushrooms, but it's I'm, all good. I'm a big fan of mushrooms. Not a lot of people are. It's the fungus for them, I guess. I don't know. You say that's that's a loaded <laughs> answer you just gave too. <laughs> I try to stay away from the mushrooms as much as I can, Matthew. <laughs> All right, so let's get to sports. Uh, the Cowboys training camp, they open up at the end of the month. Are you excited? Indeed, I am. In fact, I've been working tirelessly on a couple of pieces where we went behind the scenes with the Cowboys a little bit during OTAs and mini camps. And, you know, just seeing what the equipment guys have to go through to essentially move the Cowboys' space all the way across the country. And then, you know, some of the things that 
they're tasked to do during the course of the season is just absolutely fascinating to me. It's not just moving weights and T-shirts and socks and jocks. There's just so much that goes on with the pre-planning and all the execution. So I'm looking forward to the start of training camp, but to me, the offseason has become just as fascinating because of the things that you can learn when things slow down just a little bit. So I think it's kind of cool. You know, we're getting ready to go full bore with the Cowboys as soon as camp starts here, you know, the last week of July. And to think that we can have a couple of really cool, I think, juicy pieces to kind of set camp up that have nothing to do with the players. You know, I'm really excited for, you know, more than just, you know, what we see on the field. You're always good at finding those stories that are a little bit uh, less X's and O's and more hanging with the Joes kind of thing. Yeah, you know? you know, I think as I get older, Matt, and I think you'll probably find this too, is that you've gone to so many games, so many big games, so many cool events. You know, I actually enjoy watching practices more than I do games now because it's fun to see or learn how things are going to get to Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the game and – a lot of people watch with just the entertainment value of scoring touchdowns or the scoreboard at the end of the day. But for me personally, I like to see how the, the baby is made before we even get to that point. Right. And <clears throat> the equipment guys, you'll find with so many uh, teams across the league that their equipment guys have been there for 30 years or it's a generational thing. I know with the Broncos, who I follow pretty closely, their equipment guys and their trainers have been there for decades. You're right. And that's a pretty astute observation because I didn't know that. And in fact, in talking to... Bucky Buchanan, whose father introduced him to the Cowboys world of equipment when he was a kid. Actually, Buck Sr. actually just got an award from the NFL recognizing all of his contributions during his 20 years with the Cowboys. And now his son has been with the Cowboys going into his third decade. So he was telling me stories that, yeah, there were actually four father-son combos that have kind of you know, gone from one generation to the yep. next, and it's actually pretty commonplace. It's it's so interesting that they just, like, they watch their dad do it the entire their entire yeah. lives, and then they're like, you know what? I want to be an equipment guy, too. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And it's cool, too. You know, like, you go do a story like that, and the stories that these guys have, and being in a, you know, a big league clubhouse for all these decades, I mean, it's pretty funny stuff, and, you know, a lot of the stuff you have to keep to yourself, but it's, it's still really cool to see the world that they live in through their eyes and then tell that story too. So on the field, what, what are your expectations as we, as we get closer to training camp, we get closer to uh, the regular season. What are your expectations for the Cowboys this season? I think they're going to be pretty good. I mean, obviously they had a pretty good team last year. The question is, can they have a postseason run that is more significant than round two? It's going to be fascinating to see how McCarthy does calling his own plays and see if that enhances this offense, especially in crisis situation, which pretty much every playoff game is, you know, and then how do they develop or own those skills during the course of the regular season so that when they get to the playoffs, everything's clicking and they could just fire instead of, you know, all these chains of command and everything else that they have to had to work through these last few years. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out, but my gut is they're going to be just fine and that this is a team I think that is built to win. Win how much? Obviously, that's a whole nother, a whole nother question. I'm going to be curious to see how they do against the Eagles, one, and I'm going to be curious as to how fast they start because I think you can make an argument that 1 through 53, they're almost as good as the Eagles, but it's going to come down to 
okay, can they get off to that fast start as the Eagles are bringing in an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator? You have all these guys that weren't on the Eagles roster last year and their con- that continuity with them. Is it Are they going to get you know, slow out of the gates and give the Cowboys maybe a game, two-game lead in the division that then it comes down to those those games later in the season yeah. between the two of them? I, and I think, you know, and knowing how McCarthy operates too, the biggest challenge that they're going to have during the course of the year is division games. And those are the games that mean the most. So, you know, not only how are, how are they going to do against Philadelphia, but the Giants clearly are better. Washington always seems to be a pain in their rear, and they – they're a very physical team, and it's a kind of game that you know you're probably going to be licking your wounds after. Uh, I mean, this is a very stout division, and you you know you've got to handle your business there first, so that you're not burying yourself later in the season when you're playing some of these other games too. I just don't know what the odds are for that they can win this division. I really don't. I, I think that they're a playoff team for sure, um, especially now that they're seven. I think they're definitely at least a wild card team, but I don't know how good. They're gonna have to. They're probably gonna have to go thirteen and four to win this division. Maybe, but I think because of the continuity in the division, it's it's gonna be really hard to know all these things going in. But again, the depth of the the division. So that's eight games right there. You know, or six, six games yeah. right, right there where you're going to get your nose bloodied a lot. And then you know, of course, because they made the playoffs last year, they've got a playoff schedule the following year. So it, it's gonna be a long march. And you had the extra game. Again, that's been a bit of a challenge. So I think the biggest thing for them is, you know, just making sure you're staying ahead of the curve. You've got to find a way, at least through the first part of the season, to win more than you lose so that, you know, you're not playing uphill the rest of the season. I think it was Dak who recently said that there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency now that he's turning 30 and he's in his seventh year going into his seventh year, I think. So I think that the pressure on him, he's putting a lot on himself this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how fast he comes out how and how McCarthy's offense comes out and see if they're clicking on all cylinders from week one. Agree. And, you know, again, for Dak, were the interceptions last year an anomaly because of, you know, the kind of offense that they were running last year as opposed to what they want to do this year? Maybe some of it, but it'll be interesting also to see if they can adapt quickly to whatever it is that McCarthy's going to have them be doing this year, which is mostly – they're going to be running the ball a heck of a lot more than they did last year. I can tell you that. I don't care what anyone tells you. His There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Favorite, Dak's favorite um, receiver last year was Dalton Schultz, and he's not there anymore. So I think that's going to be a huge a huge question mark when it comes to the tight end room. I don't know how I feel about their tight end room right now. Well, that's certainly an area of concern, I would think, right? Like, who's going to start? Yeah. You can start right there. I mean, it's going to be what, Jake Ferguson, um, Hendershot, or Schoonmacher? that they just drafted. So, I mean, I, I just don't know how I feel about their tight end room. I mean, we didn't know who Dalton Schultz was a couple of years ago either. but Right, but I think they're going to play a little differently this year too. So, you know, the most important guy to me on this team in terms of their offense is Tony Pollard. I mean, he was the guy that everybody game planned for, and then when he went down in that playoff game, all of a sudden it was like 
somebody would cut their ankles off because that game plan was really built around him. And so how do you go forward knowing that he's your most explosive offensive weapon, but yet prepare him so that he's not getting 30 touches a game? You know, you have to kind of preserve him so that he's available and fresh going into the postseason like he was last year. I mean, you can't discount the fact that a fluke injury can happen at any time, but you know, he clearly, unless somebody else rears their head, is their most explosive player. And I think, depending on the season that he has, is probably how the Cowboys are going to go on offense. Yeah, that game turned on its head when Tony Pollard went down with the with the injury. I mean, they were rolling too, and they were they were getting explosive plays. They were they were taking advantage of their opportunities, and then he goes down, and it completely changed everything. Um, I don't know. I I find it interesting with with um, with Corky as you call him, mm-hmm. with uh, Mac, He's come out and said he's going to run the ball more, and he wants to kind of take the ball out of Dak's hands sometimes. I don't know what that says about Dak, because you never hear Andy Reid say that about Patrick Mahomes. You never hear uh, Nick Sirianni say that about Jalen Hurts. He says, I want the ball in his hands because he's our best player. So it's almost kind of an indictment on Dak when they're trying to transform this offense into something that runs a little bit more because they don't want the ball in his hands. You know, I look at it sort of like that, but I think, there was a time when the Packers really changed who they were when McCarthy was there, even when Aaron Rodgers was at his very best, and probably maybe to the detriment of the Packers. I know when things were going bad, it's like, well, why are they so hell-bent on running the ball as much as they are? I mean, th- because there's, there's a 5D-level game of chess going on. You know, the more you run the ball, the more you can control the clock, the more you have longer drives, the less bad things that can happen with the football – you know, when you're chucking and ducking all over the field, you know, is Dak a Patrick Mahomes type talent? I don't think he is, but there's only one Patrick Mahomes, you know, in the NFL. So, you know, I think from a globally or a, you know, 40,000 foot view point of view, these are one of those things where, you know, you keep your defense rested. There's a bunch of factors into why they want to sort of change the dynamic. It's not like there was huge a huge difference in the splits between passing and running it last year. But I think overall, this is going to be a team mindset. Every day, the offensive linemen know you've got to win your battle up front. You know, the, if you're going to have a tight end, sometimes come in as a fullback or go with two tight end sets. It's going to be a mentality and a mindset. And that's why I think he's moving all these offensive linemen around too because it's going to be a grittier, you know, punch you in the mouth type of offense in a lot of ways. And so I don't know if it's necessarily an indictment on Dak. It's just from the 40,000-foot view, how do we keep our defense fresh in the fourth quarter? Those type of things. But then you have to look at the personnel. If you're going to change the entire identity of your offense, you didn't really change the personnel of of your offense. So are they the punch punchy-in-the-mouth kind of offense? We're going to wait and see, but they were more finesse last year, and changing the entire identity is kind of hard thing to do yeah I agree and I mean you're right to your point you know can they be a really physical get in your face ground and pound type of offense we'll see if this is what they're practicing or if this is what they're trying to achieve you would think they're going to be a little better at it but again you're right the proof's going to be in the pudding and obviously if if things they get bogged down early on they may have to change and pivot do you think that they're the that they're the favorites in the NFC East right now uh I Boy, that's a hard one to answer, right? Because, I mean, for everything that we just talked about, the Eagles look legit, Washington looks legit, 
The Giants look legit. And the good news for the Cowboys is, is those teams have to play each other too six times. So they're going to get beat up in those games as well. I think it always comes down to health. You know, who's going to be the team that somehow manages this season in four game increments better than maybe some of the other teams do? And again, you, you just don't know when the injury bug is going to come up and really bite you. I mean, obviously, if Dak gets hurt early on in the season. It didn't matter last year. <laughs> well, it didn't, and they were fortunate, right? So, but, but can Cooper Rush, or then take it a step further, if Cooper Rush has got to play 10 ball games, now exponentially he's now got more of a chance to get hurt. So, you know, it always comes down to the health of the team. You can start with that. The teams that are healthy at the end are usually the ones that are making the postseason. The only thing I know in the NFC East that is absolutely going to happen is that Boston Scott is probably going to score a touchdown against the Giants. That's all I know. Because <laughs> that's what he does. Um, let's get to some Big 12 media day. That was yesterday. Um, recording this on a Thursday around 1 o'clock. So it's going to be weird, man. Totally. This whole season is going to be so weird. The, with, the, with the dynamic with Texas and OU leaving, having the last OU-Oklahoma State bedlam game, it is going to just be weird the entire way it is and i don't know you know because i obviously texas has been picked to win but i don't think people are discounting the you know good old american hate that they're going to face <laughs> every each single and every week, week. Yeah. it is going to be death to you know <laughs> if we're not victorious none of us come back alive <laughs> every single week is what they're going to be facing somebody's going to want to send them a message and then you know be able to put on the Message boards, yeah, good luck in the SEC. You know, all that stuff is coming. So you're right, it is weird. I mean, I looked down yesterday, it's like, who's who's speaking today? It's like, oh, wow, we got BYU, we got UCF. I, I mean, just things you're just not accustomed to seeing. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm old, so this happens a lot <laughs> well, you at know, my age, but it, it is weird. Well, like, you know, when they play Alabama, unless they win that game, they're going to be dragged afterwards. They're going to be like, "You're going, you're going there. You're going to go to the SEC and play with them." If if they get destroyed in that game, they might as well just not come back if, to to Austin because that's going to be rough. And then, I mean, on the 23rd they play Baylor. You're going to tell me Baylor doesn't want to kick the right. crap out of them for leaving. Then they play who else? They got Kansas, Oklahoma, Houston, Kansas State. TCU on on the on November 11th, they're going to want to kick the crap out of them. Texas right. Tech, the last game of the season, they're going to want to kick the crap out of them. They're they're going to be getting everyone's best I'm shot all year. I'm with you. It was funny though because Sark was asked about um, if he thinks that this year is going to be awkward uh, yesterday, and he was like, "No, nah, it's not going to be awkward for us. I mean, if people want to make it awkward, then it, then maybe it will be. But for us, we're just going to go and try and win the Big 12, which is our goal every year, and they haven't done yet. But I think it's going to be awkward." <laughs> I agree, and again, it's it may not be awkward for Texas, but again, there's going to be a little extra juice, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Literally everyone trying to show them the, that the grass isn't always greener right? on the other side, but I'm kind of sad that the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry is going to be pretty much gone, because Gundy was uh, asked about that yesterday, and he was like, we're not going to play them out of conference. One, we have our schedules pretty much scheduled out 15 right? years in advance. And we're not going to put them on. It's their fault for leaving. Like, I'm sorry that the rivalry's over, but this is the last one we're going to have. The other side of that is, though, thank God for Texas and Texas A&M That's again. true. So, <laughs> I mean, 
they might say individually that they don't need each other, but I would say in terms of helping college football and to bring attention to college football, there's not going to be anything like the first Texas, Texas A&M game. So I'm, I'm here for it. Texas and Texas A&M is going to be electric next Amen. year. Amen. Every single time. It doesn't matter the sport, but in football, when guys different. get to contact each other mm-hmm. legally. I think at that point it'll be like Jimbo needs one win a year and it's against Texas. It's kind of like it's all those rivalry week games. Um, what was the one last year? Is the the Apple Cup? Um, they were like, I don't care if we win in one game all year. This is the one game I want to win. So it's going to be yeah. back back to that Texas and Texas A and M. Right. So uh, let's get to a little bit of baseball. We'll, we'll be talking plenty of college football in the coming weeks as they get underway as well. So let's get to some baseball. We're starting off the uh, the second half of the season tomorrow. Did you enjoy the All-Star, All-Star game? I did. You know, especially with all the defense early, there was a lot of it. You know, in terms of how I look at these exhibition games, I mean, I think to me, clearly, baseball is the best of the best, you know. The yeah, I mean, it's an actual game. Right. You know, hockey's... I guess, from what I'm told, is a pretty good all-star game. (laughs) And when I was a kid, you know, your age, I was... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Really fascinated by the NBA All-Star game because to me that was a whole nother level too. Guys were having fun and maybe they didn't play defense to the fourth quarter, but there just seemed like there was way more continuity and way more flow than there are, than there was, you know, going on with what these games are now in, in the NBA All-Star game. So I don't know. I'm, I did enjoy it, but I also don't like the fact that you know, the Monday before the All-Star game and then the Wednesday after the All-Star game are the two most horrific sports days on the planet. Oh so my God, yeah, I horrible. wish there was a way we could curb that or fix that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm i just not a fan of All-Star games in general or Pro Bowls or yeah. whatever it is. I, I don't watch them. I just don't. Like the, the Home Run Derby has no interest to me. Maybe a little slam dunk contest for the NBA, but not really anymore. The three-point contest, I'll tune in for like the first round just to see why or who is right. who's going off. But I hate, I just don't like any of it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a, a stick in the mud. It's no, it's been played out. I think that's the whole thing. I mean, like I said, when I was younger, I mean, watching Vince Carter in a dunk contest and you're there and you see how good that was, that was pretty epic. But if it doesn't match that every single year and if the slope continues to go down, yeah. you know, in some years it was an absolute joke. It's like, well, you're going to tune out and not waste the time. I'm just, I'm a, and it's weird for me because I'm just such a sports junkie all the time. Like I'm trying to mainline whatever sport I can get. I'll sit on the couch and watch football for 15 hours on, when they have the London games all the way until Sunday right. night football. But you put me in front of a TV for an All Star game or a Pro Bowl, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna fall asleep. Like I just I don't find it interesting at all. Well, I think it's because you know you're like a lot of people. I mean, there's got to be some juice in it, right? Yeah. If if all there's gonna be is you know an MVP trophy awarded at the end of the night, then you know it's the spectacle a little bit. But you know I was curious more so this year because you know when you got a guy from your own backyard starting mm-hmm. in the All Star game, it makes it a little more fascinating. Speaking of which, how did Josh Young look? Well. 
he wasn't afraid of the moment. That was obvious. <laughs> I mean, he uh, you know got beat on a play that you know could have had an infield single, and he just missed. He got a cookie the first time he was up to bat, just missed it. But you know his approach was really good, and you know he didn't make any errors. And you know again, with all that brass, and you're a snot-nosed rookie, you know getting to be on that kind of stage, you know, he held his own. It's kind of it's good for us right now because the Astros and the Rangers are both really good this year. I don't know how long it's been since both of them have been really good in the same year. Uh, usually it's either one or the other. I mean, until what 2016, it was the Rangers, and then after yeah. that, it was the Astros. So. I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this division plays out. I agree, because over a decade, you're right, it seems like one team has passed the baton to the other, and maybe now back. We'll end up seeing that, but who do you it's, think? it's good for the state. I mean, the Rangers are up by two two games, three games mm-hmm. right now. Um, who do you think is going to end up pulling, pulling out the division? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I if you would have told me, given the long list of Astros who've been hurt, especially to their pitching staff, and – you know, I shouldn't say just the pitching staff. I'm I mean, Jordan Alvarez, too. Yeah, and Big Mike hasn't played at all this year. If you would have told me that all these guys would be on the sideline and in what everything that's gone on, here they are only two games out, I would have told you you were smoking crack. But that's what happens when you have built a culture like the Astros have it doesn't really matter to a certain degree. Like, it takes a long time to shake the stench of winning. I mean, they've got, like, that scent around them like a dirty old skunk, and you just it just will not go away no matter how much you pair off or which guy leaves or whatever. I mean, we're talking, what, only four of those guys had ever won or, or were on the Astros for both of the World Series mm-hmm. championships, and then Verlander left. So you've got three of those guys left. One of them's hurt, and Altuve's been nicked up. So Altuve's getting old. Um, yeah, I just I feel like the Rangers needed a five or a six game lead at, at the All Star break. With how they were up by, I think they had, were twenty games over five hundred at one point, twenty one games, and then I think they're only at thirteen now. I think they're fifty two and thirty nine or something of that nature. But they, I think they needed a bigger lead with how good and how hurt the Astros have been and how good they are, I just don't, I can't see the Astros not winning the division. Well, I think it'll be curious to see what happens before the trade break because I think the Rangers know that this might be their chance, and they've been obviously relentless in terms of going out and spending dollars, so I don't think that's going to be an issue either. So, you know, if you can get – Maybe another one or two guys that you could add to the bullpen. Maybe get another starting pitcher. Maybe find another bat or a guy that, you know, can kind of work different positions in terms of defense. You know, I'll I'll be curious to see what they do from that standpoint. But I I don't know that the Astros are going to be willing to do that at this point, just given the injuries. Because, you know, it's almost like they've plugged and they've done a great job over these last few years of just bringing up guys from the minor leagues that are – Doing the job for the most part. Yeah, I I don't know what's more impressive to me for the Rangers has been their lineup, which has killed, or their starting pitching, which is just incredible. Like Dunning, uh, John Gray, and Nathan Uvalde or Uvalde Uvalde have been just insane. I think they all have sub three ERAs right now. They have been pitching their butts off. Yeah, I mean those guys are bullpen savers. That's for sure. And it's nice if you have. Even one of those guys that gets out of kilter for a, a start, you know, 
every time Nathan Evaldi steps on the mound, I think he's going to win. I mean, he just says that kind of stuff. It's so interesting, too, because when he left, I wasn't sad when he left the Red Sox. I'm, as a Red Sox fan, I was just like, you know, he, he helped us win a World Series. I love Nasty Nate forever, but he was kind of losing it, and you couldn't really rely on him all the time. And often on hurt, often on hurt mm-hmm. all the time. He has, I mean, he's just like DeGrom. He's had elbow troubles as well. And so like, I wasn't sad to see him leave. And now that he's doing really well with the Rangers, I'm a little bit pissed, but <laughs> <laughs> well, happily so, but that's life as a pitcher, right? right? Some days you're, or some years you're really good. And maybe some other years you're not, but well, crap, look what happened he's... with Alex Manoa this year. And with, right. <laughs> with the Blue Jays, he was like third in the Cy Young voting last year. And now he's getting shelled in rookie ball. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know if either of them should make a huge uh, trade either, because I could see the Rangers making a splash, but I don't know how much it would help. Yeah, I mean, I think it would. I think at this point, you're trying to build depth as much as you can, because that's the difference between the good teams and bad teams, especially in baseball, is that. The bad teams are usually built, you know, to have nine position players or eight position players and then maybe a couple pitchers and maybe a closer. But, you know, once guys start going down, what does the depth look like behind them? You know, and And so I think the Rangers know that. I think the Astros know it, too. But the Astros, because of how unfortunate they've been with this litany of injuries that. You know, maybe they're just going to ride it and see how it goes and then you know, maybe take their chances and see what they got in the postseason. I mean, obviously, if they make it to the postseason with all the injuries that they've had, this group that they have assembled right now has earned the right to do this themselves. Agreed. And the uh, the Rangers have been the complete opposite. They've been extremely healthy, extremely fortunate. Outside of Jacob DeGrom, they've been extremely fortunate with their DL right now. So, Can you imagine if he was healthy? Yeah, I mean, uh, that staff? That, well, that's been the story for the last – eight years or whatever right. it's been. No He's doubt. A, I love DeGrom, but good Lord, man. I feel so bad for him that yeah. he's just he's just injury prone, and, and especially with that elbow. But are you a Hard Knocks fan, uh, Chuck? Uh, I haven't watched in the last three or four years, but if you're going to put the Jets in there, that <laughs> might juice things up. There's, Although They're going to be a mess on there. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know how much of it's going to be authentic yeah. and or – you know, staged, you know, especially with Rogers. So I don't know, but I will say that knowing that he's on there and everything that he's about off the field might spice things up a little bit. Can we just have like one scene of Aaron Rodgers tripping on ayahuasca or something like just going nuts in the training room or something like that? That's all I want. I've actually, I've never watched hard knocks ever one, not even one episode. Which also is weird for me because, like I said, I'm a football junkie. So I, what am I? I don't know what I'm missing, but I can. I do know that the Jets are probably going to be a mess. Uh, I again, I hate to sound like the old man. Everything was better when I was a kid, right? When the <laughs> Cowboys were on Hard Knocks, it was epic. It's like, yeah, let's see what these guys come up with. I mean, we're at camp every day. We're here. We're there. We're everywhere. And then the first episode, they have a camera mounted in the weight room and there was a fight between two cowboy players in the weight room it's like golly how did they get that well of course i didn't know they had cameras mounted throughout the alamo dome doing all that and then i remember when the baltimore ravens were on there too back in the day when priest holmes was on there that was pretty funny too because they followed a couple of the big name guys like saragusa out to the clubs and 
it was funny watching how these guys interact when they're, you know, just regular dudes. So it seemed like it was a really good idea at the time, and it was fairly entertaining when it first came out. But now, year after year, to put somebody on the clock, especially when the Cowboys did a pseudo hard knocks during the season, mm-hmm. I think it was Jason Garrett's last year in the league, you know, that was, again, I find value with that only because you're probably going to learn something that helps you do your job, too. Well, I will uh I will I will watch this year, I think. I think I'll watch just to see what see what it is, but uh the best thing about it is it gives us more stuff to talk about. So. Right? <laughs> Can I I'm never mad at somebody for giving us content. Thank you so much everybody. Yes. But uh, that's all we got for you today. Uh, quick reminder, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The YouTube version will have some video elements. Um Usually of all the sound bites, didn't have any sound bites today though. So, just uh, more soothing sounds of Chuck McAtenick. Um, Please download, subscribe, rate, review, give us five star rating and some feedback. Feedback is a gift, and we greatly appreciate it. We will be back next week. It will just be it will be a guest actually, and we're going to give Chuck. He's going on vacation, so not going to hear from Chuck McAtenick for a week and a half or so. Yeah, three ballparks in three days. It looks like via the road, Rangers, love it. Royals, and Cardinals. Royals, I love Kauffman, so yeah, Kauffman's nice a great stadium. Yeah, but um, we will see Chuck in a wee in a couple of weeks. Don is going to get the week off the podcast next week too, but I will have a guest host, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we will see you next week right here on the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. Look around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.